the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. If I hollered and I screamed like a mountain jack to a moonbeam, would you come? Would you change your mind if I gave you every dime that I ever had? Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 39, and our guest is Kat Clyde. Kat is a musician from Ontario, Canada, who now lives in Quebec. The former is where we caught up with her at Great Lakes Brewing in Toronto. This was a conversation that was meant to be, y'all. Cat Clyde's latest album, Hunter's Trance, came into my life a few months ago, and it is a bluesy, soulful celebration of a record that has been on heavy rotation at our house ever since. It was also the perfect soundtrack for our vacation to Canada. Cat proved to be incredibly thoughtful, warm, kind, and funny. It was This was such a great conversation, y'all. We had so much fun, and I'm so thankful for Cat's time and for the great people at Great Lakes Brewing for giving us a venue to make this happen. You can find all things Cat Clyde at catclydemusic.com. Everyone, it is my distinct honor to present my conversation with Cat Clyde. This is awesome. I'm so grateful for this. Thanks a lot for having me. Cool. Yeah. I think let's roll. All right, she's <laughs> Should on. be on. Should cool. be going. Right. You kind of got to just be aware of it because it's okay. a um, dynamic mic, so just kind of got to talk uh, yeah. right at it. Yeah, yeah, and, okay. Uh, we're all good. Okay, Kat, cool. thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, no This is worries. such a thrill. Yeah. Our very first international marinade. It's the first time we've done this outside the U.S. Um, Hunter's, oh, wow. Yeah, it's oh, the first time. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Hunter's Trance is brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. It's, it is so wonderful. Um, I'm crazy about it. I think one thing that was interesting that happened the last few days is I've really like I've been listening to it for several weeks now okay. and the last few days I've really been doing a, a, a deeper dive okay. as I prepared for our conversation and I love how like there are several songs and the river stands out to me mm-hmm. in this way there are several songs that are like um, that hit me in a different way depending on what's going on yeah, yeah right like all great music I think does but there's something even more intense about this record and that particular song yesterday I was listening to it and it kind of it was evocative of my anxieties okay whereas today there was something very soothing about it oh okay so I don't know what that is oh that's very cool <laughs> you know? I like that a lot I don't know if that's and that may have something to do with just the breadth of influences on there right so I mean there's this record there's blues there's soul there's some country in there yeah. um and I wonder if you could talk me through starting maybe with the river, okay. since that's the one that like really hit me so hard. Okay. What that process looked like in writing that particular song. 
Um, the process of writing that song. I, I generally don't like to talk too much about um, what my songs are about. Sure. Um, I feel that... Um, I feel sometimes when um, people explain their songs or, or just art in general, it kind of takes away that mystery and that sort of magic element. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, I really believe that, and I, I feel like sometimes when I'm listening to songs that I really love, and I really, and then someone, you know, the artist like tells me what it's about, it kind of takes away what I was. It was about for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. But that song, um. I really love that song, and and it was really like I feel like a lot of my songs are kind of like, uh, it's kind of like medicine, um. You know, it's just something that. Um, I do because it makes me feel better and, right. I, and, it, and it gets things out of me and, and sort of uh, empties the dirty water and uh, leaves room to fill new new water. Right. So. Is that taking place for you every day? Are you sitting down to do the work every day? Or does it um, happen when it happens? It, it just happens when it happens. I don't really... I also don't really feel like... Um, I feel like if you try too hard, then you're not, you're kind of missing the whole point completely. Huh. I feel like, um, I just try to be really open and, um, if, uh, something comes through, then try and grab it before it slips away, you know? And, uh, yeah, but sometimes it's always different. I mean, sometimes I write, um, pieces here and there and then, and then I'll come back and, and kind of put them together or, um, you know, one thing I write might spark something or finish something else or I'm kind of just always gathering and hoping to come out with something, but right. not really putting any pressure on myself for something to happen. Um, but also not like not expecting anything good either, because I think it's important to, you know, I, I like to write a lot so that and and a lot of it's really bad so that's um, that's part of it though right that's, exactly that's part of it you gotta so go you gotta through dig stuff. through the dirt to yeah. get the gold man. to get to the good yeah, stuff yeah, exactly exactly yeah, yeah. for sure <laughs> um a couple things i want to ask you about there and one is the idea of like um you so i like another thing i really like about this record is that and it seems to be true of just your your music in general is okay. like is it's it's a it's a almost a world you're creating. Okay. Both in the music and then also in the visuals. So like the the artwork, the album artwork is awesome. It's oh, incredible, yeah. right? And then the videos are just each one is different. Yeah. Right? But each one is very evocative in some way. Mm. And you just mentioned the idea of like not wanting to explain what the song's about. Yeah. So how do you approach the video then with that in mind? Um, it's kind of also like my writing. Sometimes I'll have an idea. Sometimes um, I'll reach out to a director that I really like and see what they feel or what they come out from it. And mm -hmm. that was kind of the case for um, All the Black as well as So Cold. Mm -hmm. um, the director for All the Black, Christopher Good, uh, he did a lot of really awesome videos that I really loved. And um, he came back with the treatment for All the Black and... Uh, I was like blown away. I was like, I have no idea how you're going to pull this off, but yeah. I'd like to see it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll show up. And uh, it turned out like 
so good, like better it's than incredible. I could have ever hoped. And it was the same with um, So Cold. Um, oh, this is so badass. I'm like so excited <laughs> to like play this character with an eye patch. Uh, so yeah, it was really cool. Which is a theme in the videos. Yeah. The eye patch. Actually, that was um, completely unintentional. Just a coincidence? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because that, that was like a fox character, I guess it is. Yes. In, um, yes. In, in uh, Birdbone. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's just, you don't have a thing for eye patches. There isn't <laughs> symbolism there. I mean, I think they're really cool, but <laughs> it didn't really like happen intentionally. So right. it was really neat. Yeah. Sort of organically occurred. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You talked yeah. about uh, earlier about the, the fact that like... Um, they, uh, the ideas are coming, right? And you're collecting. The words you use is collecting these yeah. ideas. Are you just collecting them in your brain? Are you writing them down? Oh, I have to write everything down. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't write it down, it's gone forever. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Same for me. Yeah. I, and, and for me, it has almost always has to be pencil or pen to paper. Yeah. Same for you? Yeah, me too. Not like dictating your phone or anything like that? No, I can't do that. Have you tried it? Um, I feel like I've done it a few times when I'm driving because I've... It's kind of annoying, but when you're driving, you get all these like ideas, and you're like, "Fuck, I can't just yeah. like, sit here and write them down." So yeah. try to like make a voice memo or something. Yeah. Um, but Why? that's really the only time I do that. Why does that happen? Because I have a lot of people I talk to that happens. Yeah. They're driving, the idea comes, it happens to me all the time, and I'm like unsafely taking yeah, my notebook out. <laughs> you're like, oh god. <laughs> yeah, Leaning definitely. against the wheel, yeah. scribbling, so it's like even, it's unrecognizable by yeah, the time yeah. I get to my de destination. Like, I have no idea what the fuck that was. Yeah, exactly. But why is that, good. do you think? I think it's because um, I drive a lot, so I think uh. it's because um, you're sitting and your attention is focused forward and um, you're locked onto something, but you're not totally bound to it so your mind is able to go other places and you're kind of on autopilot but I feel that that mode is a kind of like a you're kind of in an open mode when you're yeah. doing that like a zen like space because you're not like yeah because you're not really like I mean obviously you can like think or do but you're not like focused on a task like driving isn't really I don't know you can just go into driving mode right and you're yeah. just in the mode but so you're not really i don't know you know what i mean i do know what you mean it's like a it's almost like a rote task that yeah, allows yeah. you to clear your brain a little bit exactly. like a mantra yeah right yeah like almost like meditation it is yeah sort. yeah it's meditative. it is it is very meditative yeah yeah i don't drive very often but we drove we flew into toronto okay drove to montreal okay and stayed a few days and then drove drove back and i don't know if any of these ideas are worth a shit but just same thing I, yeah because like, she fell asleep that's my partner Chris over there she fell asleep and uh and so then it's just me yeah <laughs> just me and my thoughts yeah, yeah, and yeah. your record yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> which is another cool thing as an aside because I I want to get back to the process thing but another cool thing was and sorry to all the musicians out there but I do use Pandora because it's so convenient I know it doesn't pay as much and I'm sorry <laughs> I buy physical copies as much as possible I promise um but its algorithm just works better for whatever reason, yeah. right? And so at the end of the record, it'll autoplay, you know, similar songs or, or oh, songs, okay. right? And yours was so cool. Like your record played, and then it was like shovels and rope, Alabama shakes. Oh, cool. Like 
Aretha Franklin. Nice. <laughs> it, was just, it was really, really cool. Oh, that's right? really neat. I was like, I wish you were here right now to hear this because <laughs> it's got to be quite the compliment here. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's when neat. When you collect those ideas, um, you collect them there in a notebook somewhere. Yeah. Um, then are you sitting down with your guitar and and working out melody, or are you sitting down to are you putting it to tape right away? Like when it comes time to actually write the song itself, has what does that look like? Yeah. Um. I don't really. I I guess I just kind of bring my guitar into like a you know comfortable space, and then. Um, I look at the book and I don't know I just do whatever feels right like if I just feel like jamming some songs that I really love I'll do that and then yeah. maybe I'll start mm, uh, maybe I'll work on that and I'll just play it a few times and if it feels good and you know maybe I'll just like continuously play it over and over and then you know maybe I'll finish it maybe I won't maybe I'll move on to something else you know so you can't you will put it down sometimes go do something else come back to it yeah and when you come back to it, are you able to pick up where you left off? Are you? Uh, I don't think it's ever the same because you're coming from a different place yeah. than when you first started writing it. But um, I feel like sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Uh, it's all right. Okay, um, ask me the question one more time. Yep. So cool, if thanks. you <laughs> this what? There's adorable kids playing Connect yeah, Four. There's a lot of distraction around here. I know. It's like, uh, <laughs> um, so. Oh yeah. If I put it down, wait. Like when you return to it. So yes. let's say you, let's say you start something. You're you walk away from it and you come back to it. Are you coming at it with fresh eyes or are you picking up right where you left off? Yeah, I def it's definitely coming from a fresh place, but um, I try to get the mood back in that kind of, like the timbre of, that's kind of strange, but the timbre of my mood in the same area. Um, so just, I feel like just by playing it over and over kind of puts me in that space. Yeah. And, then, and then I try and go from there. And then if I don't feel like anything's coming, then I just move on. Is that difficult for you, the moving on part? Or are you able to, are you just comfortable with, all right, it's not here right now, I'm walking away from this? Yeah, and I feel like I have a lot of things going on all the time. So if, if something's not going, I'll just move on to something else that I'm working on or doing. And it doesn't really phase me too much because I just feel like, I don't know, if it's not there, I'm not going to force it. It's just going to happen if it happens, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. So moving on to something uh, something else that's creative, like uh, a yeah, sketch like or something? Yeah, like another song or, or, or another song. Um, oh, okay. you know, another song or another guitar part or just maybe a song that I like to play. and uh, Yeah, just anything, really. Right. Does that then help when you come back to it again? Or, or are you able to just clean break? I'm walking away from this. I'll deal with this later. Um, I think it helps because I'm not really like, I'm not really like, oh, oh, I wish I could do this or that. It's just kind of like, oh, well, I'll leave the, I'll put this down and then, and I'll pick it up back later. And if, if I find something new in it and, and, and I can finish it next time, then I will. But if I don't, then maybe I let it go. Maybe I, maybe, you know, two years from now I come back to it and then I finish it and that's the way it was meant to be. Right. Yeah. So I don't really like to put too much pressure on it or anything like that because I, I feel like it always works out the way it's supposed to work out. I love that so much. Yeah. Because I think for me, 
and, and I think a lot of people I talk to, this is the case. Yeah. It's hard for me once I get on that idea. Yeah. It's hard for me to leave it alone. Yeah. You know, and then I think my approach. Like a scab, you just want to pick. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a great analogy. Yeah. Because I don't, <laughs> and I don't think my approach is very productive. Because <laughs> then I think you, you get bogged down so often if yeah. you keep picking out a scab that doesn't want to be picked. Yeah. Right? That is still healing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, all of this, like the timeline from mm-hmm. the outside at least yeah. of your, your career seems to be like a rocket trajectory. If you look at like, you know, what, t- 2016, your first record comes out. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's 2015, <laughs> 2016, not long ago. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, like yeah. three years ago, maybe yeah, yeah. Hunter's Trance just comes out earlier this year. Yeah. In between, you've toured with Rodriguez, Shaky Graves, Laura Stevenson. (laughs) Oh, my God, that most recent record of hers. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, How is that? Does it feel like a rocket type of trajectory? Um, Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've, um, you know, from from the first record to now, I feel like I've grown uh, very, very far. it's it's been a really amazing journey and and yeah i do feel like um things just keep going up i mean i'm i'm doing my first like like band headlining tour in the fall which i'm really looking forward to and really excited about and um that's kind of like the next thing so there's always the next thing around the corner and i feel like i always the next the next thing always comes up pretty fast so yeah that's great yeah and, and well deserved. I mean, these are great songs. Thanks. And, and it's a, it's a great, it's a great record. Oh, thank you so much. Um, the folks I just mentioned, have you learned any lessons touring with some of those? Oh, absolutely. I try. People? I try to. Um, every tour is definitely a learning experience. Um, touring with Rodriguez was a, a really, really special and incredible uh, moment in my life. Um, it was just really. Uh, I don't know what word I would use to describe, but it, just seeing him play every night and I don't know, he's just someone that is, um, he's the real deal, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and, and I don't feel like there's a lot of people like him around, mm. you know, just, I don't know, just very pure and, and, and unmuddied and just... Authentic? Yeah. Because I think that, and I, I want to... Get, give you another compliment here is that the first thing I wrote up here like one of the first things I wanted to talk about was the authenticity okay. of your music and the directness like even though you know if I read a lyric like um, uh, I've walked and I've walked and I, this is from the river I've walked and I've walked and I still have far to tread I just need to keep a flock of birds inside my head and that fluttering inside my chest which is just <laughs> breathtaking by the way but um those lyrics, while they could be interpreted a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. there's a, a very clear uh, honesty to those lyrics, mm-hmm. right? There's a very clear laying bare yeah. to those lyrics. Um, is that the kind of thing, when you think about somebody like Rodriguez, is that something that you're keying in on when you hear that? Are you feeling that that authenticity from the, the artists that you respect? Oh, absolutely. Every one of his lyrics and like all of the words that he does, it's it all comes from that same place, right? It's yeah. not, 
not trying just just being just that's all you can be that's it oh i love that nothing more than that see that comes through that that's what i guess what i'm what i was sort of trying to say when i when i talk about this record is that hunter's trance is that it does feel like you're just being right real being real and wrestling with the difficulty the monkey stuff and the difficult stuff and the and the the beauty that may not be uh, uh, society's sense of beauty, right? Like yeah. the beauty that we may just intrinsically feel mm. that comes through in this record. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That's so nice. I really don't, I really feel like um, I don't ever want to do anything unless it, it comes from a true place because to me that's not, it's not real if it's not real, you know what I mean? Yeah. So is there ever, is there ever, uh, I'm trying to think how to word this, is there ever sort of like a feeling of pressure otherwise? In other words, like, is there ever a sense in, when, in your process of like how the song is going to be received? Or are you writing for you? Uh, yeah, I don't ever really think about that kind of stuff. I, I just write and then, and then, um, you know, I played a while, and it, and if I really like it, you know, I'll show it to a few people that I trust their opinion and, and ask what they think, and you know, go from there. Um, but I don't really think about anyone else when I'm writing a song. How difficult is that? Once you get to the place where you're like, all right, it's time to show this to somebody. Um, do you have people that you're like, all right, I just, I know it's okay. I'm gonna, I know I feel comfortable with this person. Yeah. Like go to people. Yeah, definitely. I have got like. I've got a few people that always I, I would send things to and, and, and trust that they're going to be honest with me and and, uh, and tell me what they really think, which is really nice. It's, it's, it's hard to find people that would actually um, be honest like that with, with you and, and, and tell you what they really think and how they really feel about it. And so I'm, I feel really grateful for that, yeah. And it's like there's a tension there that I feel at least of like I want to show this to somebody because I want legit feedback. Yeah. But at the same time, this is the thing I've created. Yeah. It's a piece of me. Yeah. Right? And if it's not, if their feedback is sort of like, ah, go yeah. back to the drawing board, I want, I need that. Absolutely. But, you oh, keep, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't really worry about if, 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 if someone tells me that, you know, oh, I feel like you could work on that or whatever, um, or maybe just let it go. It's it's never really a disappointment to me because it's kind of like all the words and songs and they're all just like car parts in a garage and they can always be used in some other way in some some other time yeah. perhaps like maybe oh I have this piece and and it's I don't really like it it's not that good but there's something about it I do like I don't know what it is but I'll just tuck that away and and maybe you know maybe you know five years from now I'll read it and it'll spark an entire song just yeah. from that reading that you know like the uh rod picot the great songwriter describes it as uh, the junkyard yeah yeah you know, he's yeah. like you, you maybe you need a flywheel for an old pontiac so you go out and get that flywheel yeah it's been sitting out there yeah you didn't exactly. throw it away yeah it gotta keep it handy. just in case yeah <laughs> just in case yeah for sure i think that's wonderful yeah um uh and i think that's such a great attitude to have about the process is that mm-hmm. okay so this wasn't exactly maybe ready yet yeah and that's okay yeah right like that's part of growing as part of getting better yeah is that it's it's not there yet yeah right definitely do you remember what 
you were consuming in terms of music, art, film, books, whatever, okay. when the record was coming together? When the record was coming together. Some of these songs are really old. Okay. Um, All the Black I wrote when I was 17. Oh, wow. And I kind of um, kept it buried for a long time and and decided to bring it back. That's incredible. For this. Um, but they were kind of collected over, you know, since the first record, so like three three years time. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was I watching, reading, listening to? It's hard for me to kind of like look back. I mean, uh, when I toured with Rodriguez, and even I found Rodriguez like. A year before I toured with him, okay. and I got really obsessed with his music. Yeah. So I listened to a lot of that. Um, I was listening to a lot of like soul, um, like uh, like Young Holt Unlimited, and I don't know, just like um, country. Um, there was this artist called named Holly McVie. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Holly McVie. Holly McVie. No. Yeah, she has some really incredible song she released a record uh i'm not sure exactly when but um there's a couple songs on there and and she's like country but it's like oh it's really fantastic it's like she's got a really unique voice and and um what else um i've been really reading the past uh like eight months i'm really trying to read a lot of poetry um Anybody in particular? Um, I really got into um, Charles Bukowski. Oh, uh huh. Um, so that was that was really fun. I have a the most beautiful girl in town. That collection of his short stories by my okay. bed. Oh, cool. And just I for years I've had it there. And yeah. Just pick at it. Yeah. You know? and it's yeah, like definitely. If I don't feel like reading the book that I'm in the middle of. I'll just grab that and read yeah, a short yeah. story. You know. Yeah, I definitely like uh, poetry books too. Like if you find something you really like, and then uh, I just kind of read it. Like over and like I read it to death. Mm-hmm. I kind of, kind of do that. I feel like you have to. Yeah. Right. Like uh, the other thing I have sitting by my bed at all times is a collection of Dylan Thomas's work. Okay. And I can't, I can't, like I, I'm not smart enough to read it once and process it. Yeah. Like, I need to go back. I feel like this. I'm the same. <laughs> I just like it, it's kind of like listening to a record. You hear it and you're like, oh, I like it. But then you really have to dive deeper and you have to listen to it like a hundred fucking times yep. to really get it and really yep. know what's going on. Um, yeah, so I like to do that. That's especially true of really great records. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and and depending on your your space in life, like where you are at that moment, like I said earlier with the with the river and how it hit me differently on two different days. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, uh, like um, recently, lots and lots of people I talked to in the last year, I guess, almost everybody that I've had on the show has in some way mentioned Sam Cooke. Oh, wow. And so it kind of got me going back into Sam Cooke, right? Cool. It's not that I wasn't familiar with Sam Cooke. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. I was kind of like, you know. Yeah, I know him, but do I know him? Yeah, exactly. Can I name three songs? Exactly. Yeah, maybe and I should look at that And more. once you do it, you yeah. know, that deep dive on somebody yeah. like Sam Cooke, yeah. then you start to really hear the nuance, and it starts to hit you in a much more profound way yeah. than just one listen through. If you just had one listen through to Sam Cooke, it may just be like, oh, it's, it's catchy, yeah. you know? But if you're really diving deep then you realize oh this guy was on a different level yeah you know 100 percent. what about uh what about now so you're about to go on tour like big tour 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Europe. Yeah. All over North America. Yeah. Um, what are you consuming right this moment? Um, okay, so I'm listening to a lot of um, folk stuff. Mm. I've been listening to um, Michael Hurley a lot, like all, almost every day. Um, uh, there's one record of his called Armchair Boogie, and it's really fantastic. I don't even know how many times I've listened to it, um, but I really love that record. And I've been listening to Connie Converse, um, she's really fantastic. She has like a really interesting story as well. She was like, she was like in Greenwich Village at the time that Bob Dylan was there, and um, her music wasn't really doing too well. And so, she got in her car and disappeared, and no one ever heard from her ever again. And she just has this one record, and it's absolutely stunningly beautiful. Um, you, you have a thing for musicians who make a record and then disappear forever, huh? I don't know. <laughs> Rodriguez. I guess, yeah. I don't know. It's just like, that one in particular please, is please, really, really beautiful. Please don't disappear, Kat. Okay. <laughs> All right, please I won't make disappear. Record. <laughs> but yeah, um, that one's called um, How Sad, How Lovely. Okay. Um, it's really good. Um, I started reading this poetry book called um, Sailing Alone Around the Room. I can't remember the author's name, but it's really good. Really simple poems, but they're, like, very good. Um, what else have I been listening to? Uh, I don't know. It's really hard for me to, like, think... I have to like look through my stuff yeah, and like sure. see. Well, what you just said, you're, you're, you know, sometimes I know exactly who wrote the book that I'm reading right now just because he like was recommended to me by other people. Yeah. Um, but it's funny how you'll get in the middle of a work and you'll get, whether it's a record or a book or a film or whatever, and you'll get so lost in that work, if you're, especially if you love it, Yeah. that you forget who made the art. Yeah. I, I don't know if you feel that. I feel like that all, all the time. time, all the time. And, and I feel like I should, I should like, I listen to so much stuff and I should be able to be like, oh yeah, this, this, thing, yeah. this guy doing this. And yeah. I really can't though. I feel like that's cell phones fault though. Oh. You're kind of like, you don't have to like remember things cause you can just put them away. Oh, interesting. Or because you don't have the physical copy. Yeah. But I also feel like I have to write everything down. So yeah, I think it's just me. No, I, I <laughs> totally relate to that. Yeah. If I don't, I say it so many times on the show, if I don't write it down, yeah. it's gone. Yeah, same here. And like, and it's, sometimes it's really, it really bums me out. Yeah, it is a bummer. Sometimes I'll have an idea that I'm like, this is really good. Yeah. And then it's gone. Or like, uh, I lost a notebook once. Whew, that's harsh. And it's just like. That's harsh. I, I'm not getting that bad. No, never getting that bad. Who back. knows how many <laughs> car parts there were in that junkyard? Yep. You know? Ooh. And there's nothing you can do about it. And then there'll be another, there'll be another junkyard, right? I carry yeah. one on me all the time. Yeah. So you'll fill another sack. Yeah. It just bums me out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Are you able to ride on the road? Yeah, I try to. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely try to. I don't really like, um, it's hard on the road to like write like songs and stuff, but just try and write about what's going on and how I'm feeling about things and, you know, using that information to possibly write later or like little poems or things. Um, I write a lot of poems, so um, sometimes, a lot of times they get turned into songs, but 
Have you ever considered publishing the poems as poems? Um, I've actually been thinking about that and considering that as of recently. So I think that might be something that might be happening. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Is this a Marinette exclusive? Yeah. Pat Clyde's uh, yeah. poetry books coming out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. You're the first to know. I haven't told anyone else that. So. That is awesome. What about uh, like stories? Do you write short fi- any fiction or anything like that? No, no. not really. Just poems, songs. Yeah. Um, short things. Yeah. <laughs> you could write micro stories. Yeah, I write these little micro true. stories that are oh, like. Oh, that's cool. Like this big. Let's see if I have any in here. I published oh, them on that's Instagram. Cool. Yeah. So like yeah, there's one. Oh, that's super cool. I did seven in seven days recently. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was a good exercise. Oh my gosh, that's really cool. Some of them were good, some of them were not good. That's a great exercise. I've been trying to do a hundred poems, a hundred days. Dope. Um, but I'm not very far. <laughs> <laughs> so. Have you missed a day though? Are you even? Oh, on? I've missed a lot of oh, days. Yeah, a lot of days. <laughs> okay. But I just keep going. I don't let it get me down. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, it takes you know, it takes discipline and also a little bit of good fortune, right? Like your oh, 100%. schedule has to lot has to line up. Good fortune. I, I love those two words. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely need that. Yeah. Schedule's got to line up. The muse has to be there. You yeah, know. exactly. But I, I do find, at least in my own practice, that the muse shows up a whole lot more if I'm doing the work. So mm. if I'm getting up and doing it, it works out a lot better for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, then if I just, I think I used to sit around and wait for it. Yeah. You know? And I was like, it wasn't happening. Yeah. But but you start stockpiling those those bits in the junkyard. Yeah, you got to roll the trying. ball if you want to find a hill to throw it down, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Yeah. Okay, I think I asked you everything I wanted to ask you. This was I really appreciate you going out of your way to make this happen. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. This is just really fucking dope. So, <laughs> sorry. The one thing I wanted to ask you, though, is, so did you move to Montreal? Or did you? I moved to Quebec. Yeah. It's about an hour outside of Montreal. Okay. Uh, I live, like, right on the St. Lawrence River. Oh, my goodness. In this, like, tiny little uh, loft. Yeah. Um. It's great. I that live on a property amazing. with like chickens and I get like <laughs> fresh eggs and it's amazing. Has that, is you, your eye, like you just lit up when you described it, right? Yeah. Like you sh- y'all, I wish y'all could see her face right now. Like oh, man. smile, like <laughs> clearly very invested oh, in this space, there, right? Yeah. Has that impacted your, your creative process at all? Oh, definitely. Really? I feel like I've been, um, I've got a lot of things a lot of things in in the works there i have like a really nice studio space um it's like everything's really small but it's like really organized and compact and 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 really accessible um i just feel the most content um being in nature and and i just moved into this place but prior to that i was kind of living in my van and, and just going on tours and uh it was really difficult to come back from a tour and not have a space to uh, like recharge. Yeah. And so I just moved there in in December. So it's oh wow. It's been uh, incredible to have a space uh, where I have all my things and all my vibes set up, and yeah. I'm in the trees and seeing the river and with the birds, and it's really fantastic. That is awesome. Yeah. That. 
we only spent four days and we were in Montreal proper. Yeah, Montreal like, is beautiful. Oh my god. Yeah, it's really beautiful. It, like I'm so inspired by that place. Yeah. The the way that people treat each other. Yeah. Is the thing that stood out the most to me. And even and I am not I'm not throwing any shade at Toronto. I just mean even noticing the difference between how people interact there and here. Yeah. They're still famously Canadian polite here, but it's a lot warmer there. Yeah. I find. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's like, it's very inclusive. Mm-hmm. You saw, I mean, the, it, it's a true melting pot. Mm-hmm. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of class division. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of racial division. Like, and granted it's a four day snapshot and we're yeah. tourists. So, you know, or travelers. Yeah. <laughs> so who knows what it's like on a day to day basis, but we were just floored. Yeah. Montreal is very beautiful. Yeah. I haven't spent too much time there actually. Just because yeah. I've been enjoying my country space. Yeah. But um, I don't speak French, so it's been a little bit of a struggle because uh, I am in yeah. the country. Um, but trying to learn slowly yeah. and uh, not getting too anxious going to the grocery <laughs> store. Right. Um, I, I did like uh, I did like months of Duolingo. The app. I I started that, <laughs> but then I didn't have internet yeah. in our place, so in the new place, so. Well, had what? to stop doing Duolingo, which is kind of sad because I really did enjoy it and I, I really liked it. It's super fun it and is. the language is so beautiful. But the problem I ran into was I was so proud that I'd learned a little bit. Yeah. And I took French in high school, so like I had a, a baseline, you know. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I would go like into a bar or whatever and I'd try my French and they'd immediately know I was American and they would just immediately start speaking English. Yeah. Like, How am I supposed to practice? It's so true. I find <laughs> that too. Like I, I, it's hard to like even practice. I think Duolingo is great, but the hardest thing is, is actually speaking it in a real, a real situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I find that a lot too. They'll just know, and then they'll just speak English, and it's like, dang, I wanted to practice. <laughs> I'm to Help practice. me out. <laughs> I think the from a like, the other side effect of that process that was really cool is that it, um, and I, I'm trying to think of how to even articulate this properly. Joseph Campbell talks about this a lot, like learning other languages and how it helps you understand and appreciate your own language mm. and interact with your own language in a different way. Um, and I do think, and I don't know if it's just coincidence or if there are other factors, but in going through the process of trying to learn a little bit of French or brush up on my French yeah. before we came here, uh, I do feel like I was seeing English in a different way. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. But Definitely. Um, but I think there's something to be learned there. And, you know, now, I mean, we live in Florida, so when I get home, I think I'm going to, I'm re, I'm re-energized to get back to Spanish. Yeah. Because inexplicably, you don't teach kids Spanish in Florida, which is the dumbest damn thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I think the whole language thing in, in, in education is really sad. I mean, um, people in Canada are supposed to know how to learn Fre- or speak French, but I, yeah. I don't know how to speak French. Did you take They it? say they teach you, but yeah. they really don't. And also, they teach you um, France French, which doesn't make any sense because Quebec yeah. French is very different. Yeah. Um, it's very traditional, and it's a beautiful, beautiful language. And I, it's, it's really sad because I feel like, you know, there's a point um, when you're young where um, you can learn a bunch of different languages and it, you just sort of absorb it. But the education system, I feel, not to be all conspiracy, but um, <laughs> I feel like... Um, they just want it to be English so they can advertise to everybody. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't think that's a particularly controversial uh, <laughs> take on this. Yeah. 
for this audience. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's sad because, um, you know, especially going to Europe and everybody speaks like six languages and, yeah. and, and, and it's beautiful. You know, I've heard from people that, you know, oh, I really feel like, um, you know, when you read a book in German, it, it, you, you have a different feeling and a different, it's a different experience than reading a book in English or, sure. or French or whatever. And that's just so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so beautiful and powerful, and I wish that more people knew different languages because I think it's a really incredible thing. It just takes such a wholesale commitment because, I mean, here, like, we are isolated both in Canada and the States. We're mm-hmm. isolated by these these giant oceans and this huge expanse of land, whereas yeah. in Europe, of course, from, you know, you go the distance that would be from here to Quebec, yeah. and you've got a totally different language. Definitely. and then. A, a similar distance, a totally different language. Yeah. But here we've got, you know, this enormous expanse buffeted by giant oceans and a polar cap yeah. <laughs> that kind of blocks us off from the necessity of having it. Yeah. You know? But, but it's like you said that um, it, it's stupid that you don't learn Spanish. Yeah. That is stupid. It's ridiculous. And it's stupid that I don't know French. Yeah. Yeah, it's ri- it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Like the, it would be so th- easily incorporated. So easily in, into the education system. And I don't know what percentage of the population in Florida is native Spanish speakers, but it's huge. Yep. Right. Like, we have Puerto Rican immigrants. We have Cuban immigrants. We have Mexican immigrants. We have yeah from everywhere. Yeah. Right? Especially Puerto Rican immigrants and Cuban immigrants. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it anyway, is. We should. That's our new cause. I think. Yeah. Let's take up the banner of yes. languages. Bring languages back. Yeah. Yes. Your next two records from now, I'm hoping for a Cat Clyde record <laughs> all in French. Oh, shit. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, and then a book of poetry in French. Oh, yes. Cool? Of course. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good talk. Yeah. Kat, thank you so much for this. This means so much to yeah, me. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really greatly appreciate it. Yeah. I really enjoyed our, our conversation. Good. This was I'm really so fun. Glad. Yeah. Good. Cool. Thanks awesome. a lot. Yeah. Cheers. Clyde, everyone. Thank you so much, Kat. Thank you all for listening. Give us a follow on social media for updates on the show and for photos of my adorable puppy, Nonsense, who has been in our lives for one week and is the apple of my eye. Check out even more Marinade content at marinadepodcast.com where you can find my concert photography, website exclusive episodes, and so much more if you really like what we're doing. Please consider joining our Patreon community. For just a few bucks a month, you can gain access to our Patreon-exclusive show, Jason's Journey, where I discuss the moments that have shaped my creative life. It makes a big difference. Every little bit counts. But if you can't swing that, I totally understand. Just give us a follow on your podcast app. Tell a friend about the show. That makes a big difference. And rate us on your podcast app, especially over there on Apple Podcasts. All right, y'all. It's time for what I'm getting down on, the segment where I talk about the art that is inspiring me at the moment. I rediscovered The Treatment with Elvis Mitchell, the podcast that um, I think I first got into because of Brian Koppelman, and he turned me back onto it. His most recent episode is with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Um, 
they talk about the Amazon series The Boys, which is fantastic, and that I've mentioned here on the show before. Uh, I've just finished season one, and I absolutely love it. I also recently watched the documentary film Cold Case Hammerschold about the death of UN Secretary General Dog Hammerschold. Um, the filmmaker sets out to uncover the story of how the secretary died, and in the process, he uncovers circumstantial evidence that major world powers were up to some serious shit in the 90s. Um, none of it is like overly shocking, just b- based on, I don't know, the cynicism that I guess I feel toward our political system and, and the geopolitical system at large, but um, it's still really fascinating. And it's a really vulnerable film. Uh, the filmmaker kind of makes some mistakes and, and acknowledges those mistakes. So I don't want to give too much away. I highly recommend it. Cold Case Hammerschold. I've been listening to uh, Devin Gilfillian. He's got this like bluesy, soulful sound that I'm really digging. Uh, definitely check him out. Uh, Nashville-based guy. He's actually coming to Orlando soon, and I'm going to try to get him on the show. Uh, I'm really, uh, really digging this article in the Atlantic. Um, you know, I, t- I try to read the Atlantic monthly uh, every single month, and I love Jamel Hill, formerly with ESPN, who came under some fire for going after the president, um, which is ridiculous, of course. But uh, she's she's kind of exploded since then. It's, it's been a it seems like uh, from the outside, I can't speak for her, obviously, but it seems like it's been a real positive thing for her. Um, there's a really interesting piece in the Atlantic where. Jamel Hill argues that black athletes should spurn the big universities in favor of HBCUs. That's something that I'm fairly passionate about. Um, I've worked with a lot of kids uh, and and taken them to HBCUs, um, specifically African-American kids, to kind of see what those options are. And there's some really great ones in the South, FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, really great folks over there. Uh, Savannah State, also really, really good folks, my friend. Leslie, her husband works there, um, her husband Robert, and there's just some really fantastic opportunities. It's an interesting, interesting piece. The idea that the, the balance of power would shift if black athletes said, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to Alabama. I'm not going to Texas. I'm not going to Florida State. Notice I didn't mention Florida. Um, but um, it's, a, it's worth your time and, and it's worth your effort. Thank you all again so much. Thank you again to Kat. Thank you to everybody at Great Lakes Brewing, all the good folks of Canada. What an amazing trip that was um, and, and such good fortune to get to sit down with Kat while we happened to be there. Came all the way from Florida for our vacation and just happened that Kat was available and that she was so gracious with her time. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.